0: How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown,
1: short-handed for LA, Score! Here is Galagoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy.
0: 3 for it. for uh, kind of like it. And
1: on the right wing side, here is DeBoer shoots. He scores! Goal! Goal! Oh well done. Battling through it, corner No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Alright, so we promised one more episode before we went on a little break, but we we pushed it because I wanted it to to be like as few days between this and when we return as possible. So here we are, and it's good that it's worked out this way because the Kings have won a couple of games. We can feel good about it. Diane, how do you feel about the Kings right now?
0: I'm feeling great. Now that they're on a a little upswing, um, Mm -hmm. and now that they're back at home, I'm feeling good. I feel like they're getting back in the groove of it, and things are looking up.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird because they're having a little bit of a scoring slump, but because they're still playing really well defensively, it hasn't been too bad. They have... They played four games, I guess, since we recorded last, so against St. Louis, it was an overtime loss, 2-1. All of the games have had a 2-1 score, and they've won three of them. Um, The game against Nashville was one in overtime, like I mentioned, overtime loss to St. Louis, but then one against Calgary and Edmonton in regulation, and you would think that the Kings would crush those teams, but um, yeah, it's kind of a, a little weird patch, but they still have come out on top, and I think overall played pretty well, so it's fine.
0: Remember when they scored, like, nine goals against Boston? Like, that was yeah, a weird that time. Was <laughs> and now we're just,
1: like, back at the the
0: usual 2-1 game.
1: Um, yeah. So this
0: feels comfortable, but, like, for so long, the Kings hadn't been having scoring problems at all. Like, maybe, like, one game, but not, like, a, a prolonged stretch. So I'm like, oh, the Kings can score now. They're scoring from everywhere. This is great. And I got too used to it. They, they yeah. lulled me in with that false trap there. And... Um, yeah, so now it's back to the, the same old 2-1. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, um, but I'm hoping that the stretch doesn't last too long.
1: Because, I mean, the problem with that is that it requires the goaltending to be out of control every night. Um, and for the most part, like, Jonathan Quick has been playing really well. Um, and when the backups have been in, they've played uh, well enough up to now, but I don't know if they could, sus- like, if Jonathan Quick was still hurt and hopefully he doesn't get hurt again or anything like that. I don't know if, like, the goaltenders could have sustained, like, two one games over and over and over again. So, um luckily, he is play- playing really well, though. His save percentage is back up to a 922. It had dipped a little bit at one point, but it's back up again. So, this is still his second best um career season, or second best season in his career, I should say. And hopefully that keeps up, especially if the Kings take a little while to get going. But maybe, maybe things will start to turn around. I don't know. Jeff Carter scored tonight. (laughs) Hopefully that's a great sign.
0: In a hilarious way, too. He just saw uh, Tyler Toffoli attempted to score a goal. It was saved, but not quite. It trickled through Cam Talbot's legs and Jeff Carter just threw himself towards the net. Yeah. Or like limbs akimbo just being like, I got it and just like <laughs> threw his stick at the at the puck and it made it in like just before any like goaltender interference sort of like call or whatever.
1: And it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a disgusting dirty goal. <laughs> <laughs> but it counts, and we're super, super grateful for it. Um, since January 16th, or including the game on January 16th, Jeff Carter has scored three goals, also including the one against Edmonton. So uh, that's pretty rough. It was his first goal, also in the last eight games. But at the same time, apparently, he has been shooting a lot. It was mentioned on the broadcast tonight that, like, during the road trip and stuff, he was the team leader in shots. So It's not like he hasn't been trying and it's not like he hasn't been getting great looks because he also had sort of a shorthanded breakaway situation in the the game against Edmonton as well. But they haven't been going in. And hopefully if that like nasty goal is what it takes to get him hitting the back of the net again, then fine. Um, And hopefully we do see a lot more from Jeff Carter because he's trying and he's playing well. But, you know, he's having a little bit of bad luck right now.
0: I really enjoyed that during the broadcast Jim Fox was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to say that he that was a good snipe by uh, Jeff Carter, <laughs> sure why not." We're not used to we are not used to being like Jeff Carter like scores this like weird dirty goal. Um, yeah. So we'll just we'll just be like, "Yeah,
1: he sniped that." Totally great. Sure, <laughs> you're right. That line actually looked pretty good tonight in terms of um, getting scoring chances and stuff. In a game where through most of it the Kings looked either sloppy to start and then just it was weirdly even until like the third period when they kind of remembered oh right we can crush the oilers and then they pulled ahead and shot attempts crazily um, we're better than them like, <laughs> right let's be yeah.
0: honest this is not there's no need to like be falsely humble here the cakes are better than the edmonton oilers so they finally realized that and kicked into gear.
1: And then it was that it looked like it should have the whole time yeah. and luckily they got the win. But for a while I was like this game is weirdly back and forth, kind of boring. What's happening? Yeah, and it's true. Um
0: for whatever reason Edmonton games aren't usually boring. For the fact no. that sometimes like regardless of whether the Kings win or lose and usually they win, so sometimes that's better. It's never boring cuz I I keep thinking of the St. Louis game. Ugh, that was such a snooze.
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like all St. Louis games are kind of a a bore. I think we said that last time. Like, we expected it to be boring, and then it was. So we can't be surprised when it's also like, ugh, why? I hope every time that it's going to be different, and it never is. Yeah, I think, was it last season, there were, like, where it was, like, a game in St. Louis was, like, a blowout. Against like, or maybe it was two seasons ago, or something like that, where they got blown out terribly, and then they came to LA, and then the Kings. It was like a six-four game, or something like that. Yeah, um, those I feel were anomalies <laughs> in what is usually a boring affair for Blues Kings games.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's just like the the most plodding game you have ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that for the the Kings and the Devils. Uh, a couple, a week ago or something like that. Right, right, Also, right. like, a similarly kind of dull game.
1: Yeah, I didn't see any of the game um, versus Nashville, so I don't know. Did you see any of that one? I did not see any of that one no. either. Yeah, apparently we had lives on Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> neither one of us saw that. But they won, so that's nice.
0: Yeah, I, like, I got the notification, so I was like, yay, or, like, boo, like, during the times so when I
1: did not get to watch it. I went to see Deadpool, and I didn't think about the Kings game at all, so <laughs> glad that they... About that win, though. Wasn't it another Tanner Pearson overtime goal? I did watch the goals afterwards. Yes. And I appreciate Tanner Pearson scoring again because he, of course, we, like we talked about last week, he was another person who was having a little bit of trouble um, getting goals, but there's another one more from him, hopefully, as well. It's also like a weird time for this to be happening because it's so close to the trade deadline, but it's like, oh, should, and especially with Gabberg out, it's like, oh, should they find a forward now? Because... Are these troubles going to keep happening? I don't know. It's a little a little different from years past.
0: Yeah. And um, actually, Elliot Friedman did an AMA on Reddit the other day where someone asked, like, what do you think the Kings are going to do? And he said this. Lombardi identifies people he wants and gets them. I like the way he does business. He really challenges you when you ask him questions, too. I see them getting an F and a D. And he likes impact. He could make the biggest deal. So... I mean, it seems, you know, say what you will about like insiders and what do they know, blah blah blah. But it seems like it's looking like the Kings are going to grab a couple of people at the deadline, Yeah.
1: or at least try or to. try to. Yeah, one of them, thankfully, will not be Andrew Ladd <laughs> because he was dealt to Chicago today, which is for what? Okay, here's the other thing, and this is why my why it might be difficult for the Kings too because Andrew Ladd went to Chicago for. Uh, prospect Marco Dano, who's expected to be really good once he's given ice time consistently. And they also got a first-round pick and a conditional third-round pick for 2018. The Kings don't have a first-round pick to give for this year, so that limits them a lot. And I don't think they want to give up a first-rounder from a future year, so (laughs) that's um, going to hem them in a little bit, really, really limit their options and it'll be interesting to see what they can pull off if anything without a first rounder if that's what it's taking again this year. But with
0: the way that the Kings are playing and the state that they're in, they're, you know, still first in the Pacific, fourth in the West, sixth in the NHL, I can't I like I can imagine that there's a few players out there being like I would like to move. I don't mind. Like I want to move to LA. Like I will, you know, uh, wave my no trade I'll do this you know see if the organization can make it work in their favor um, I don't know I, I feel like they they might have some people on their dance card
1: yeah it'll be it'll be interesting I mean there was the talk about Dan ham use and stuff and he was he said that he hadn't I think it was today that he said he hadn't been asked to waive his no trade clause or anything so if people are asking about him and I assume they are nothing seems Immediate or like it's you know eminent, but that could change by tomorrow, we'll see. Um, because he's definitely a, what people are talking about a lot. I don't want the Kings to get Chris Russell, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> you mean um,
0: Carrie Russell, slide right, Russell, yeah,
1: Kurt Russell. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> But yeah, they're looking at everybody, apparently. That's every time the Kings are talk, up, talked about when it comes to trades, it's like, oh, they're sort of looking at basically anybody available. There are rumors about them maybe looking at Mikhail Vodka or whatever, who they, I also don't want them to get. But nobody, no nobody actual... Nobody is safe? <laughs> yeah. Nobody's safe no, from the Kings' potential clutches? <laughs> no real targets yet. Um, so it'll be curious to see... What happens? Because I feel like, like, we talked about, like, the, the Shen and Le Camoier deals. Felt like they came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll be completely surprised.
0: That would be kind of fun. I don't know. I mean, it, it could also be terrifying and horrible and, like, the worst deal ever. But Right. it would be pretty interesting to wake up to that.
1: Yeah, just be like, oh, they just, they got somebody. <laughs> All right. This person they had been talking about.
0: I kind of feel like that's the way that it's going to be. <laughs> or that's I mean, not just for the kinks, but just like around the league. There's been a lot of talk about like certain players being traded. Like long talks about that, but like when an actual trade happens, just like oh, it, it it's there now. It's done. It, like yeah. you you find out like two hours before that it's even a thought in someone's head, and then it's done.
1: The lad one is probably the only one that people were anticipating for a long time and then it actually yeah. went down. Um but yeah, so far guys who've been talked about haven't actually been moved. People are also like looking to see if Druen will be moved because the lightning Iserman has said like he would love to move him sooner rather than later, but he hasn't been super aggressive, it seems like, in moving him. The fourth period are like, Oh yeah, they're gonna deal him at the deadline but are have they ever been right about anything? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. So I can't think of a time when they have scooped anybody, but we'll see. So that might as well have been written
0: by like TMZ or something like that. yeah, <laughs> by like me. Yes. <laughs> Chanel NHL Insider.
1: Interestingly, speaking of the Oilers, is that they're also a team that's constantly like, "Oh, are they going to move somebody?" But they never move any of their top pros- top prospects, top players. Now, though, it has been said that it's totally a possibility that they will actually move some of those top guys, but probably not until summertime is when it will be more beneficial to them. Do you, you know, think
0: so though? Really, will they ever let any of those first draft picks free? Anyone?
1: I, I mean, I think they'll hang on to them as long as they can, but I also think like at some point you got to pay those guys. Like you can't have a bunch of top 5 guys and expect them all to just not get paid ever. So, like eventually you got to do something. Right. Um, I mean, bringing in a new top guy every other year or whatever. Like the advantage (laughs) to that is that they're like all on entry level deals for a while and like on these rolling sort of time periods. Um, But eventually, everybody can't stay.
0: Yeah, something something's got to give eventually. Yeah, and I'm like, just give me Taylor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. give Give him to me anyway.
0: Um, okay, I have to find whatever sassy comment he said about the Wi-Fi. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) What was that? Speaking of, I guess that doesn't really need to be said on the podcast. I just really love that. I I
1: (laughs) find Taylor Hall so entertaining. It was because of a a coach's (laughs) challenge or something or like a goal that was waved off. Uh, but yeah, he's funny. I I feel like he's like people make jokes about him because he's kind of a dopey dude, which is true. But he's also a guy who has major sass, gets super salty sometimes, and like will throw some shade your way. And I really really like it about him. And it just seems to get better as he ages. He's like
0: he's like honing his uh, his
1: quotability. I feel yeah. like each yes. time. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's super funny. <laughs> so that was pretty good. So I, I would love to. I, I just want to see Taylor Hall play in the playoffs, which I've said a number of times, but remains true. <laughs> So, um, he, he has not been talked about as sort of the person that they will move. It seems like the guys who get brought up the most are like, uh, Nugent Hopkins or sometimes Yakupov is still brought up, but I, I don't know. Move somebody. Make it interesting. God.
0: Anyways, okay, so let me, let me just quote this for a second because I found it and I needed to find it. Um. Go. He's he's talking very seriously about the coaches challenge, and he says, "I mean, my momentum's definitely going in there, but just as a whole, I watch a lot of hockey. And this Coach's challenge, it's tough. You're asking the referee to admit he's wrong in front of eighteen thousand by watching a six-inch tablet. And I mean, the Wi-Fi in our rink is mediocre at best, so <laughs> that's what we're relying on.
1: I'm like, guys, this is that's
0: adorable. That's fantastic. Oh, that that's is a great so good. quote. Good,
1: <laughs> yeah." it's so perfect like it doesn't like really hate on the referees or anything he admits it's tough for them even though it's kind of a critical comment also throws some shade at the rink so it's like (laughs) a little kind of like it's (laughs) self-deprecating because it's the rink that he plays in all the time (laughs) yeah it's
0: perfect it's great i love that such a good pull
1: oh man back to the kings though Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, now that we've spent time talking about taylor hall and how much we enjoy him (laughs) um Kings had a little bit of a scare in St. Louis earlier this season. wasn't didn't Kopitar miss most of the game against the Blues? Like he played like a couple shifts or something and then left the game. Oh, um, and he then he had, played like, the next inter, game, so yeah. he was fine. Yeah. So, so that pretty much happened again. He played most of the first period against St. Louis and then left and didn't return to the game. And then it was day to day. He actually did miss the Saturday game, so. That's three people <laughs> who were not around for the Kings on Saturday. Me, Diane, and Andre Gopitar. <laughs> he actually watched the game, though, he, because what I did appreciate was his quote when asked about it later. Because he he's not out often. And Lisa Dillman tweeted that he said, It was awful watching the game on Saturday. It was awful. I was definitely more nervous than I ever was playing. <laughs> so I just imagine Andre like sitting in the press box or wherever he was like being feeling like I do really just constantly nervous the entire time.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if he's going to do the half like I do the half like squat over your chair when things are happening like I start like <laughs> abruptly getting up and like oh no, no no okay we're okay. Like if he's just doing that like oh go yeah go get no no no, no it's false false alarm. <laughs> if he does the same thing
1: They have to, you know, if you're in the press box or something, you probably have to play it off like you're not really affected, so it's probably a lot of, like, folded hands (laughs) leaning against the folded hands, pretending like it's very chill, but actually you're dying inside.
0: I am always watching the video footage of, like, GMs or, like, the front office or whatever when they're watching games, and they're just, like, morosely leaning on their hand, like, regardless of, like, it's a win or loss. Just... No, just dead eyes. Just, like, nothing there. They're <laughs> just watching and, like, taking notes and then, like, telling someone something. And I'm like, do you guys not see what's – are
1: we watching the same game right now? Because <laughs> yeah. I am having a fit. I don't understand how they do it. I I mean, when I watch other hockey teams, I, I do get it. But I feel like it's different if it's a team you're invested in. And even though management stuff, they're not necessarily invested in teams in the – Fan way, it's like it matters if this team wins or loses. So I don't understand not being hype. I get very hype at work when I'm excited about things that aren't as intense as like a win or a loss. So I can't imagine <laughs> being in a competitive situation and being like, "I'm chill, it's fine."
0: Yeah, I'm always at like a ten um, when it comes to things at work. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I can't imagine that just being like real chill about yeah. it at all.
1: I could never. But anyway, so Kopitar was out for the game, um, but then he came back when the Kings played Calgary and he got a goal, the game-winning goal. In fact, it was very nice. So it's like, you know, he was gone, but then he came back and picked up right where he left off. So that's good. He seems fine. Um, And he even said that if it had been a playoff game, he probably would have tried to play against Nashville, but why not take it easy since it's still the regular season? So... Good news is it doesn't seem like a, a big deal. He's back in the lineup now, and hopefully that won't be a recurring thing. Uh,
0: see, I like that too. Is that the Kings aren't currently like struggling for a spot? You know, they're they're pretty solidly at the top, and even if they don't like they're if they're gonna make it. I'm not gonna say that they're <laughs> on the road to make it to the playoffs. They're in right. a good position, so I'm glad that he is able to. Go ahead and take uh, a game off. I always yeah. get so nervous when the Kings put themselves in like terrible situations where it's do or die, and so regardless of any situation, you have to be there. You have to be playing your hardest, and so um, I'd rather Kopitar, you know, skip a meaningless game and uh, rest up, and then be ready
1: for maybe later on in the season. Yeah, they're they're in a pretty good spot, so it is like you know easier to let him have that day because they're not fighting to get in on a wild card spot or something like that so yeah cuz it, it's nice. not like
0: he's it's not like he's off where you know if you're not there i don't think it's going to make a huge difference to the game uh, and exactly. the kings are struggling but if you want your important guys there well then you better believe that Andre Kopitar is going to be like top of your list yeah so uh, that yeah. that is good that everyone can take their time if they're if they're ailing you know, they can take a day, and it's okay. Let everyone be healthy
1: for the end of the season. Exactly. Okay, so on paper, it seems like the Kings' next opponent should also be relatively simple if they, you know, come and show up and don't sleep through the whole thing. So they play the Sabres, so they have an opportunity to get two points there, and which would be important because then the game right after, they have a back-to-back against Anaheim. And um, we all know that recently, like, those games have been strangely difficult for the Kings. And, of course, the Ducks right now, as of tonight, only four points back of the Kings. So it would be great if they could pull out a four-point weekend. But at the very least, they need to definitely grab the two against Buffalo to keep a little bit of separation between them and the Ducks.
0: Yeah. And then uh, a couple of games later, they're going to play the Ducks again. So mm-hmm. really need to be on top of it.
1: Yeah. But – I think like defensively and stuff, they've played really well, so really it just comes down to can they get that one extra goal or something. At least it hasn't been like last season where when it was one goal games, the Kings had unfortunate luck and kept losing them. Um, so far, they've been really great in one goal games. So as long as they can get one more, at least, yeah. than the Ducks, and it seems like that's possible for them right now, it shouldn't be too bad, but... It would also be nice if they scored a bunch more. I totally agree. All right, so what are you hoping – because you're leaving, so you will not actually be around when the trade deadline happens. So when you get back, what are you hoping to see from the Kings? Like, even an ideal situation, I guess.
0: Um – an ideal situation – I'm not even do ideals, because then it'll be like 30 minutes of being like, and then Taylor <laughs> Hall came to the Kings, <laughs> and then Bo Bennett, just for fun, <laughs> is on the Kings, because I adore Bo Bennett. Right. Uh, not for necessarily playing purposes, just come to the Kings. I would just like to see the Kings not have done anything crazy and rash. Yeah. I would not like a slow, terrible defenseman – added to the roster oh, please don't I would not like a stay at home defenseman stay at your current home do not <laughs> right. come here yeah. please Um I I wouldn't mind like another forward I guess as long as it didn't cost the Kings a lot now or um, too much in the future uh, it'd be fine if they want to trade him for like I don't know ooh, uh, Andy Andrioff right. um, that would be cool but otherwise, I, I don't have – because there hasn't been a lot of, like, solid, like, oh, they're really shopping this guy, like, or looking for this, I'm, I'm just kind of like, well, whatever happens is kind of – it's going to happen. Like, they could acquire two people or nothing could change. So,
1: I don't know. The struggle for me is, like, it obviously makes sense for the Kings to go all in and try to win the Cup again this year. Of course, it makes sense. But also, I'm like, I don't want to see the few great prospects that they have taken away. So I'm like, yeah, sure, go after somebody. If you if you find a good deal, why not? As long as it's not like an overpayment. But to me, like an overpayment is like, don't give away Adrian Kempe, <laughs> please. Uh, which is what all the teams want from the Kings, because that's really the one great piece that they have. So I'm scared. So that's what I want out of the trade deadline. I don't think they're going to, but I don't want them to find anything that seems attractive enough to give <laughs> um that prospect up. Keep Be- Kempe in
0: California. Yeah,
1: please. Um there are other prospects I really like. Um like I I still like Z Cop even though he he people have said he hasn't made a whole lot of strides in the last couple of seasons, but I still like him and so I would like to see him eventually play for the kings hopefully um so i'm like just just don't give up anyone that i want to that i'm excited about and uh and don't like you said don't bring a slow stay-at-home defenseman i will i i did my time (laughs) i don't that's my number
0: one worry that's honestly my number one worry like everything else is kind of like uh you know you can kind of wheel and deal or i I doubt that it's going to be like a long uh you know tenure on the Kings anyway. So, you know, kind of who cares. But man, I do not want to see another like brick wall just like chilling on the blue line.
1: I mean, like, that's the thing. Like this team, the system already suppresses offense to a certain extent. I don't need more people who don't score. <laughs> um, I, I need at least... Some hope for scoring, so (laughs) please not a slow person with no hands at all.
0: Yeah, please don't give us someone with like lobster claws for (laughs) hands.
1: Yeah, so that's all I want on the trade deadline—just not to be sad.
0: (laughs) I was going to say we already have that person. His name is Trevor Lewis. Oh my god! But that's not
1: true. Trevor (laughs) Lewis is lovely. He has hands and not lobster claws. (laughs) He's also not slow. Like there, He's not he's, slow. He's got things in his favor. He's good at child suppression. He's not slow. He tries to score. He just, he just doesn't really have the finishing skills. Yeah, I don't need another Trevor Lewis, and I definitely don't need anybody who is worse than Trevor Lewis. <laughs>
0: Please. And Trevor Lewis isn't bad at all. I feel like I, I need to like constantly reaffirm this, considering he's read a uh, thanks bud tweet twice now. As a mean tweet, <laughs> like, well, we do tweet this. You so don't it's fine. understand. As long
1: as we don't tweet our criticisms of Trevor Lewis, then we're <laughs> we okay. We love Trevor Lewis. Oh man! All right, so we should keep it a little short so that you can get back to packing and go <laughs> on your trip. Um, is there any other kinks thoughts before we go though? Um.
0: I just hope that the Kings continue onwards. I kind of want them to win the Pacific. I'm just going to say that now. Like, I know as the Ducks have been doing better, it's been like, oh, well, it looks like, you know, the Kings aren't going to win like usual. But I want them to win. I want them to win it all.
1: (laughs) It would be nice if they did. I'm not super invested in it, but if it gets down to the wire and they have a chance, like those last few games, I'm going to be like, do it.
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs> no, going to be real, like, but any other time, like, ugh, whatever, like, who cares, just make it to the playoffs, and anything, you know, beyond that is gravy. But if right. if it, if it if it's looking like it's down to the wire, like, close, then I'm kind of going to be gunning for it more than I would uh-huh. any other time. Um, yes. I mean, that's still far away right now, but I just want them to keep winning so that they can get there.
1: Yeah. Oh, one last thing that I just remembered, the World Cup of Hockey rosters are going to be announced on March 2nd. So there were... er, Toffoli and Muzzin and Hall, I read, were being looked at tonight, actually, for Team Canada. So we'll see if that happens. That could be a nice little surprise. I don't expect... I mean, maybe Muzzin will make it. I I don't really expect Toffoli to, but he could, and it would be really dope if he did.
0: I'm really excited to... (laughs) Like see what happens because I'm I don't know how much like internet access I'll have. Yeah. So uh, just like checking in every once in a while and being like, all right, what are the things I should probably look at? Like world news first, and then <laughs> right. like, then hockey. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see. And and it won't be. It'll kind of be nice because it won't be me constantly just like having like TweetDeck on the side, just like watching everything go down second by second uh, <laughs> yeah. during the trade deadline. Just, like, seeing, like, eight people tweet the same thing and be like, okay, well, what's the – you know, what are the terms? And I could have waited, like, five minutes like,
1: then doing something else
0: and yeah. everything would have been there. Like, I could have gotten the the announcement, like, when the full – like, terms came out with like, everything was finished, and, like, write it on, like, a blog somewhere or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the drama of it is what people Yeah, like. so
0: I, I'm excited to just read, like, the recap of right. uh, what's, like, what happened, and then go back and be like, oh, read all of the crazy Twitter drama. That'd be yeah. great.
1: Well, I hope it is good news, and then maybe with, like, a little gravy on top of players like Tafoli and Muzzin being acknowledged for like the World Cup of Hockey thing, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know, like it it being sort of the first one in a long time, um, who knows how much importance the players will put into the first one? That'll be interesting to see. But I think it's always cool when you have players from the team who get recognized as being um, great talent. And so it'll be cool if that happened for them.
0: Yeah, that'll be nice. It's funny how I have like no expectations for this game. Yeah. Because, like, I just no idea what to expect.
1: Yeah, same. I also think, for me, because I like – I mean, not that I'm unique. It'll be like this for a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, or a number of people. Um, even though it's, like, broken down by country for something like the World Cup of Hockey, like, they also randomly have that, like – Team Europe, and also Team North America with a bunch of young guys. So it's like, why bother rooting for a specific country when you have basically two all-star teams yeah. <laughs> competing, um, and you just kind of want to see what they do? Yeah,
0: pretty much. It's like a little, like, sort of Olympics in the middle, and it's right. much fun. Because also we always talk about how we like when – like, I always like during the all-star game or something like that when – You know, all these players play with each other instead of against each other. It's just kind of fun to see that dynamic and see what it would be like. Um, And that'll be a a fun thing to look at during the World Cup as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that is what we will have to look forward to when we come back. What happened with the trade deadline? A little bonus, maybe, with the World Cup of Hockey. We're just talking about sort of how those rosters came together in general, um, because we know Kopitar is going to be a part of it, probably, and um yeah exciting things have a safe trip diane i hope you have thank a lot of fun you. thank you um and we will talk to the rest of you when we are back in like a week and a half two weeks something like that yeah take care of yourselves be good to each other you know where to find us twitter facebook we are Thanksbud, email chirp at thanksbud.com um other than that that's all from us for now bye everybody bye guys